When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This podcast is gold. Basketball gold. You're tuned into the best Cleveland Cavaliers podcast in all the land. Basketball gold. Hosted by Mike Fratello and Jeff Phelps. This is Basketball Gold with Fratello and Phelps. I'm Jeff Phelps, my partner, Mike Fratello. Mike, I need your help here. We're going to play a new game. I can't wait. It's it's ready. Should yeah, I'm Jeff ready. Be, ready to go. Jeff be concerned? And you're going to tell me if I should be concerned because I have some concerns. And is I'm like not a, sure if they're legit. Like Jeff, is it like a dinner available for the winner of this thing? If I, if no, I win, no, there's no dinner. Okay. No, there's there's no dinner. You're just going to help me have peace of mind. And okay, I thank you for that. Peace of mind. <laughs> We're going to start with this. Do you remember at the beginning of the season, the Cavs were nailing the three-point shot like crazy. I, I've, I've picked up a tendency, Mike. I'm so concerned. I can't believe it. In October, the Cavs shot 42.7% on threes. They had the second best shooting month in the NBA on threes. In November, it dropped from 42.7 to 36.8. Still 11th best percentage in the NBA. I thought, okay. But, Mike, I'm, I'm getting worried. I'm getting concerned. In December, so far, before the Pacer game, 31% on threes, 26th in the NBA. Mike, the three's a weapon in the NBA today. You have to shoot threes. You have to shoot them well. The Cavs have dropped from 42.7% to 31. I'm really worried. Should I be? Yes and no. There, oh, come there. on. Now I'm well, all perplexed well, and worried. Let me explain the answer, okay? Um, the beginning part, the 42% part, do you remember the Cavaliers' record, Jeff, early on in the season? Like after the first 10 to 15 games, what was their record back Actually, then? I wrote it down here. When they were making all those threes, now this was in October, they were 5-1, and one, but they were eventually 8-1 and one after losing the opener and then winning eight straight. Okay, so do you think by any chance that opposing coaches may have said, the Cavaliers are winning a lot of games because, and then you fill in the blank. They yeah. make three-point shots every night. So, therefore, to have a chance against them, you have to adjust your defense and take away the three-point shots, force them to put the ball on the floor, force them to attack the basket. Okay. But don't give them that extra point every shot. So, there's that part of it. Then as you get to the middle section where they went down from the 42 mark to their next level, now is when perhaps the schedule changes. Perhaps you have more road games. You're not shooting in the same confines 
of Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. Okay. And also injuries start to sit in and you start to lose guys, like guys like Kevin Love who may break their thumb and aren't shooting it exactly the same way they did in the beginning of the season. So all of that has to play into effect. But I would think, uh, besides the injury factor, which can be devastating to so many teams, I think the part about people adjusting and trying to run you off the line rather than settle for you taking shots, and that's not only in the half court, Jeff, that's in transition as well, meaning push out, push up, find them earlier to not let them come down and get those early threes off the dribble or after the first pass. That's all part of what's brought their three-point percentage down. Okay, so I shouldn't worry? It's going to be okay on that? That's why I said, you know, a little bit of both. You know, worry. You want to see it go back up again. But don't panic, okay? Okay, all right. I feel better. Um, You mentioned Kevin Love. He has that fracture in his thumb. It happened on November 18th against Charlotte. Now, this was before the Indiana game. And Kevin against Indiana had six points. He did make two of four shots. But since then, he had played in only six of the next 14 games. He missed eight. And in the six games Kevin played after that thumb injury, Mike, averaging 4.7 points, shooting just 32%, just 22% on threes. Mike, I need Kevin coming off the bench and playing like Kevin Love, like he did last year coming off the bench. And if that doesn't happen, this team's not going to keep going. I'm really worried. Should I be worried? Gosh, you're asking me these tough questions. So first That's of why all, we're here. So first of all, I want you to understand it. Yeah. I went out and got this. I went out and got this finger cast yeah. with Kevin. I want yeah. him to put it on his thumb and get it better quickly, okay? So he can wear that while he's trying to shoot the ball. Okay. It's something special that I have for him. Have you ever tried to shoot a basketball in an NBA game with a broken thumb? It's not the easiest thing in the world. I'd imagine. And and perhaps the thumb gets hit a couple times going after a rebound, which doesn't make it feel the best. So we can't expect him to be shooting the ball as well as he did with the broken thumb. The good news is he's willing to play with the broken thumb and give them what he can give them in rebounds, picking up charges. As we know, he's the leader of the charge brigade. And then little by little, as that thumb starts to heal, feels better, we hope to see his stroke come back. But this is a vital, vital piece to this Cavaliers team. Coming off the bench, Ride him at the end of the game because of his experience. If he's the guy to go with with matchups, if not, he's done his job. You take him out. You put somebody else in that matches up better with the opposition. But this would be a huge loss if Kevin cannot get back to making shots the way he did. So therefore, yeah, if I were you, I'd be concerned with that part of it. All right, that doesn't make me feel any better. But he's one of the guys who's been injured, Mike. According to Spotrack, the Cavs have the fourth highest total number of games missed by injury so far this season. And I was stunned by that. Behind Orlando, Miami, and Memphis, although Memphis is playing great, only Evan Mobley and Isaac Okoro have played in the first 30 games. You mentioned injuries a bit ago. You said it. Injuries can derail things. 
Yet through these injuries, Mike, the Cavs have put together a pretty good record. Should I be concerned about the injuries or have they played through them well enough that just keep your fingers crossed, they get healthy and they're good to go? You're concerned about the injuries if they're season-ending injuries or injuries where they're saying they'll be back in three months because that means they're missing an awful lot of games, which can be a huge deficit. I'm kind of surprised that you didn't mention the Clippers' name in there as far as games missed because they have had guys out every game. Last night, two nights ago, they had six of their best players miss the game against Phoenix. How do you play a game without your top six players? Yeah, I don't know. Now, they were down 33 points in the game to Phoenix. Didn't help that Phoenix is coming in on a five-game losing streak that Phoenix finally had their starting backcourt together of Chris Paul and Devin Booker. But regardless, the Clippers had to go up against them without six of their top players. They cut that 33-point deficit back to 14 with about nine minutes to go in the fourth quarter. So they had a legitimate shot, but then they ran out of gas and uh, Phoenix wound up taking over the win. But this is something every team is dealing with the injury factor, but it's how serious is the injury? How much time are they going to miss? We see Denver with Murray coming back finally, and what a loss that was for that Denver team from when he hurt that knee to just coming back recently. You can't replace those kind of guys. Those are special guys to your team. Okay, let me catch my breath. I've got one more concern. We've talked about minutes a little bit. Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland checked out the numbers going into Friday night's games. They were in the top 16 in the NBA in minutes played per game by a player. Mitchell was sixth overall, Mike, almost 37 minutes a game. Darius was 16th at 36 minutes a game. Now, I I checked it out a little bit. Cavs are actually one of five teams that have two or three players in the top 20 of minutes. It's Brooklyn, Toronto, Portland, Boston, the Cavaliers. So five teams have 11 guys in the top 20 of minutes played. So that clearly makes me think it's a strategy and a philosophy that, you know, those teams feel that they must play these guys to go. I'm still, though, a little concerned. You know, Donovan is not the biggest guy in the world, and Darius isn't as big as he is. Should I be concerned about all these minutes? Because I don't want him to get beat up. I don't want him to get run down. Help me, Mike. I believe, and I don't have an update, obviously, as we speak right now. I believe every one of those five teams that you mentioned have winning records, either at the 500 mark or above the 500 mark. I can't remember. Toronto's right real close. Everybody else I, does. You're correct. I was just going to say, I can't remember Toronto's yep. record. That Toronto was, was a game under when I checked those numbers. So the coaches obviously realized for our, our team to be able to win games in the NBA, I have to have certain guys play more minutes than perhaps critics would say I should be playing them. However, having said that, you go back to last season, when the Cavs got off to the terrific start they did last season, yep. Coach Bickerstaff not only started a big front line, he was only playing eight players back then. Eight players were getting the majority of the minutes in the beginning of the season last season. And players number nine and ten, they, maybe they got three minutes or four minutes. But I had noticed, and we talked about it, Jeff, that 
Ah, coaches decided I have eight guys that right now I feel comfortable with, and that's who I'm going with. And they won a lot of games at the beginning of the season last year. But they wore out, Mike. Or or what else might it have been? I know there were some injuries. That's about my concern because the, they didn't finish strong. Well, they had some injuries that really hurt them. Uh, now that goes back to my other concern. <laughs> so I don't know what I'm going to do with you. I know. Like, you're worrying way too much. You you could lose hair over that. Too late. <laughs> That's why I'm not going to worry. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, overall, you've made me feel a lot better there. Thank you. I'm happy. So thank you for all of that. I, I appreciate that very much. 